0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. You know, that introduction provides a lot of a lot of information we talk about our legal system, uh the role of defense attorneys, and um, we're going to talk about both of those today and we're going to look at a specific case um coming out of the uh, Supreme Court recently, the United States Supreme Court. I read this is Jim Mitchell, and of course with me is attorney James Doerr. Uh, James joins us as we take a look at either you know the law in general uh information that's useful and Pertinent. Um, We discuss constitutional law, many other things, and as we're going to do today, we dive into a recent case, a court ruling, and uh, find out some of the uh, information about it and how that affects things going forward. So, um, James, we're we're turning our attention to California today, correct?
0: That's correct. Uh, You know, it's a new case law, and we always like to keep on top of the new cases as much as we we also we'll will bring back and resurrect some of the old standard classics of, of constitutional case law. It's nice to look at the new new decisions and see how the old the old cases really really they're alive and well today in, in some of these new decisions.
1: And as I mentioned, um, these then become precedent for future cases as well and I know you look at them carefully for that. Let's let's talk about Lang versus California. What can you tell us in terms of the specifics of the case? All right. Well the case in Lang
0: um, it involves, basically, it's a traffic stop that turns into a, a, a search of a, a, or an entry into a home, basically. So, uh, Artie Lang, our defendant here, was driving home, It's uh, in a highway in California, in Sonoma. Um, apparently, he had loud music playing in his car and honking his horn. And as Justice Kagan put in her decision, it's good because the, the, the quote's nice, she says, Lang, it's fair to say, was asking for attention. So, that's what... Uh sure she sure. summarized that. But um, uh-huh. uh California High, highway patrol officer gets behind and follows um the car but doesn't activate any lights or any signals yet. He doesn't you know, he says he has the intention to stop for the loud music, but doesn't yet. And it doesn't okay. activate his siren overhead lights until uh, the defendant was nearing his driveway. I, I I was trying to look at some of the facts and one of them had it like four seconds away and another set of facts had it closer. So there's a little bit to, to to delve into with that as far as future use of this case. But um the short answer or the short version of that is, you know, he the the overhead lights were activated as the defendant was pulling into his driveway. He completed uh the, the turn well he completed the maneuver where he pulled into his garage and activated his, his overhead garage door. Police officer came in and using his foot had tripped in, I'm assuming it's a laser beam uh, uh, for the garage door, but he, sure. <laughs> he used his foot and prevented the, the door from closing. So he opened the door, and at that point, he starts to ask questions of the motorist. Um, you know, Didn't you see me? I was following you. And Mr. Lang says, no, I didn't see you. But the officer smells alcohol, puts him through some field sobriety tests, and then we got a DUI arrest coming out of this. So that's the, the fact scenario that, that brings us before the court. In a pretrial motion, the defendant filed a pretrial motion saying that this was unconstitutional, that the, the officer's act of, of entering his garage, even though it was just the, the foot itself tripping that garage door and and then, you know, causing the, the – the, uh, allowing him to gain access, um, you know, was that, was that a violation or not? That's what it really came down to with the, the pretrial motion filed by the defendant in this case.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you mentioned a few things there, and um, as I look at some of the descriptions of the case, uh, if I understand (laughs) it, as you said, it was just those last few seconds where potentially the uh, uh, patrol officer put their lights on. Um, The case itself referred to the officer as being in hot pursuit. Um, It's hard to picture someone on a residential street um, you know, pulling into their driveway for what I think described was less than a, than a, a hundred yards, uh, really being hot pursuit. Um, right? And I, is it? You know, is the 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 headline on this that I saw was, you know, the Supreme Court, um, you know, tries to protect against overreaching, um, and it sounds to me like when you're talking about a hundred yards, it's not hot pursuit, and someone, an officer, putting his foot under the door to keep it from going down. Um, they, they really are st- starting to sort of stretch um, stretch the, a bit of the law, and it seems like that's what the court found.
0: Well, yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, the Justice Kagan, did a, did, uh, there's an important quote she has in here, um, and it's just, it, and here it is. It goes, This court has repeatedly declined to expand the scope of exceptions to the warrant requirement to permit warrantless entry into the home. So we are not eager, more the reverse, to print a new permission slip for entering the home without a warrant. I think that's uh-huh. key. That's that's exactly where Justice Kagan's coming from. I think that, the that you know, even though this reads like a, the, like there's dissents in this opinion, it's a 9-0 nine, decision. You know, so uh-huh. even even the, you know, that's there, there, an agreement on the judgment here. And I think that may be yes, you know, that, that permission slip for entering the home. And I think you just touched on something there, Jim.
1: Well, let's talk about it. So what's the reference here? Is this considered then a Fourth Amendment case? It's a Fourth Amendment case, and it does fit into that hot pursuit doctrine.
0: And a hot pursuit Mm -hmm. has always been an exception to the warrant requirement, and really it always has been for felons, right? If it's a hot pursuit of a felon, say, and they're worried about destruction of evidence or harm to others, that sort of thing, then they found that that was reasonable for officers to continue the pursuit. But, yeah, I agree with you here, Jim. Where's the hot pursuit? You know, the officer didn't even activate his lights on the street for as he was following the defendant, right? So you're, uh-huh. you're trying to say you're waiting to stop, waiting to stop a car, and then only when he's entering his own property, then you determine, well, now it's hot pursuit. Well, it couldn't have been that hot. You hadn't even activated your, your <laughs> overhead that takedown lights yeah, four seconds ago, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, let's let's talk about you've, you've quoted Justice Kagan several times already, and it was a very interesting uh, opinion in the way she wrote it. Can you kind of uh, share a little bit about her position on this? And, and we'll start with hers because I know there's another. But what, what was uh, what was her finding in this?
0: The, the ruling of this, and it's a 9-0 decision, so they're all kind of stuck with this ruling. But it's, this is a ruling. Under the Fourth Amendment, pursuit of a fleeing misdemeanor suspect does not always or categorically qualify as an exigent circumstance justifying the warrantless entrance into the home so it's not always an exigent circumstance now is what they're saying it's a case by case basis, and it really does come down to the facts and you know the all the justices here did a did a well at least they didn't concur the the concurring by judge justice uh, chief judge roberts and, and and then justice Kagan they cited historical examples of exigent circumstances and you know what was what was allowed to like it's, you know expand that envelope here so they used mm-hmm. a lot of the same ways to get to the same you know it is the same result they concur in the judgment so um thats they both totally kind of get to the same place using a uh you know a backwards same
1: approach, I guess you could say.
0: One goes history first, the other one goes doctrine first, but they kind of all get to the same place.
1: Well, I, I want to talk about Justice Roberts' decision in just a minute, but you, you've mentioned several times now that this is uh, a misdemeanor. Um, you know, at, at worst, uh, as from observation, I think the officer would have thought, "Well, they're they're you know being loud, they're playing loud music." Um, does the ruling? Uh, sort of balance on the fact that it was, from for all intents and purposes, that point, a misdemeanor and, and not a felony or a more severe case.
0: Well, it actually went out, and, and Justice Kagan described it as a minor offense in, in some of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she's, she's she's balancing the entry into the private property, the sanctity of the home, right? The home entry balanced against what the offense is initially. So that's part of the part of the, her approach is is you know, just just how serious was was the
1: yeah. underlying crime, and, and that crime is we're discussing is Lang versus California today on our podcast with Attorney James Dor. Um, James uh, is always uh, available to us to talk about uh, various laws and rulings, and this one is uh, a recent one from the state of California. Um, well, actually, from the U- U.S. Supreme Court that originated in the state of California, um, and to find out more about some of the things that uh, James loves to discuss and write about and share videos on, uh, you can visit com and uh, you'll find James listing there and plenty of those materials that he has provided in the past along with all of our podcasts. And um, I've circled around it. Let's talk about Justice Roberts. He, Again, nine zero decision. Everyone agreed on the ruling, but uh, Justice Roberts had a, kind of a different view on it. What's, what's the relevance of that?
0: Well, that's the thing, and it's, I think we're going to be hashing this one out for years on what, and what exactly Justice, Chief Justice Roberts was saying in his opinion, because he does join in the in the in the judgment. But and this is key: if you look at footnote number eight of Kagan's uh, of Justice Kagan's opinion, she says the concurrence professes to disagree with this conclusion, but its account of common law ends up in much the same place as ours. Right? That's what she says. There's there's mm-hmm. there's really there's not. Um, a lot of space. And even if you look at Justice Kavanaugh, he says, um, let's see, there is almost no daylight in practice between the court's opinion and the chief justice's opinion concurring <laughs> in this judgment. So we're, this is an example of where we're not given a lot of guidance by the court here. There's the 9-0 ruling, right? But I think that, that the, the prosecutors and defense attorneys can find uh, th- uh, nuggets out of this opinion
1: that they can use either way uh, of this side of the issue. Well, I want to talk about what that does to you as a defense attorney because um, if I read this right, there are five state Supreme Courts that have said misdemeanor pursuit does justify a warrantless home entry. Uh, Three state courts, two federal appeals courts have taken the opposite view and said all needs to be reviewed on a case-by-case basis. So for a, uh, a process that relies on Precedent in being able to point to previous decisions. It sounds like this one, warrantless entry into the home. Um, there's never going to be a clear-cut decision that you can always lean on.
0: There, there, there won't be like the risk for the felony that says that you know that, that the hot pursuit always is always an mm-hmm. exception, exigent circumstances. Mm-hmm. In this, the court did say it's got to be case by case on a basis, and it is very fact driven. That's what the, the the concurrence is saying. That's the problem. We need a rule because it provides no guidance to the police officers. The police officer has to mm-hmm. make a decision, you know, what kind of crime this is, can I do this or not, how serious it is. It really isn't providing the guidance um, that they would like.
1: Now, you and I talk about the system at various times, and uh, we've shared views on that. Um, and help me if, if um, this is a relevant question or not, but, if I read it correctly, again, um, this case was tried in California, and then the California Supreme Court refused to hear the case, um, uh, you know, uh, to, to further take that case. So it sort of pushed back down, but then it jumped to the U.S. Supreme Court. Is that a, is that a common path or is this unusual?
0: Um, I don't know how common it is. I mean, it, it's, it, 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 it is one of the paths there. And the, okay. the, the Supreme Court took the decision, took the case because there is that split in the districts, right? So the, the, between the states, uh-huh. it's not a settled issue. They tried to provide some some guidance towards that. And I guess at some point it, it does settle the issue that, well, we're going to have to try these on a case-by-case basis. Um, is yeah. It's factor. driven
1: And maybe a minute left here, um, and I know you and I have had several discussions, podcasts about this topic, but you and I today have said multiple times, uh, you know, warrantless uh, home entry or warrantless search of a home. Um, That sort of extends to the garage, the yard, and I think we've even talked about being in in a vehicle as well. Um, Can you just kind of give us an overview of what is meant when we talk about home or property?
0: Well, certainly the home includes includes that garage, right? In this case, I think it was an attached garage. But we've had cases, Jim, where it was an an open, like a a car patio, you know, that was just open on three sides, and and it was a covered garage, covered uh, for the the carport. So it doesn't extend the curtilage around there. It it really comes down to our, our expectation of privacy, okay? So if something's clearly visible from the street, it's not really that uh, expectation of privacy as, as there would be say in a home that, that is close to the there's no access to the public the public can't see in there There's a greater expectation of privacy so
1: that's part of the balance in these tests interesting well uh, great conversation James I really appreciate the time today as always this is an interesting one um, look forward to talking to you for some future discussions as well and again uh, as always um, Learn more about uh, Attorney James Dore and the work he does at Um And we always look forward to these conversations, and many more to come. Thanks to everyone for listening and uh, certainly look forward to another episode of Liberty and the Law coming up.